Welcome to Balancing Work and Motherhood, the podcast for working mothers by working mothers. All we have to be is our best selves. Welcome. So welcome to today's episode. It's Empty Nester versus New Mom. And today's word is? Adaptive. Being able to combat with change, combat with any difficulties that come your way. Change happens all the time. That it does. Which we have three topics. Or three statements, I guess, that have completely changed in our lives. Yeah. Um, you want to go first? I'll go first. We'll go one and one. Okay. Cool. Okay, so the first thing that changed for me. So, we're two different paths, right, in our current journey. I'm an empty nester. My daughter's away at college. Your son just arrived on the scene <laughs> and has changed and disrupted everything completely. And the disruption is real on both fronts. Yeah, 100%. Um, so one of the first things that really changed for me is like Taylor embarked on her new path. That my time is my own. That now my time belongs to me. I have all this time and all of these things. And it's like, well, I don't have to worry about her right now. I don't have to feed her. I don't have to make sure she has dinner. Yeah. Wait, did we pack her lunch? It doesn't matter. Because she's responsible for those things now. Um, when that, When we first had to kind of live in that reality when we're like oh my god i have all this time that's mine that's that was an adjustment because now with all that time you have time to think and you start analyzing different things and it was a change for me time also was a big thing it's more like my time management because i can go 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 like if i'm working on something or you know i can get lost in it and i'll go the full day if i have to and now I'm like, oh my God, like, I can't do that because I want to spend time with my son. So I have to disconnect at a certain time. So that means I have to be a lot more efficient to get all my work done so that I can hang out with him. And then before, if I woke up at 5 a.m., it was like, okay, I'm going to wake up early and I'm going to like meditate and do my affirmations and read a little bit and have a power hour. Now it's, okay, wake up, give him his milk change his diaper, bathe in, do everything I have to do so that I can have enough time to get ready to go to work and then make it on time. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a good adjustment. Yes, 1000%. Yeah, and it's, but it is time consuming because I remember like becoming a mom, becoming a new mom, like when I was, because I'm a young mom, so I had her really young and I was doing school and working while raising her Yeah. and doing all that and like helping her with all of her activities and organizing all of those things. And time management was a big deal because I had to leave work. I had to make sure everything was done in a timely manner for whatever activity she was going to do the next day. If she had a project due, we had to go to Michael's and all of those things that we needed to kind of accomplish in a 24-hour period. Yeah. It was like you had to schedule it and be thoughtful about every element. So, yeah, it is a big adjustment. Hey, Ryan. Hey, little baby. No, 1,000%. And then also, like, the another big changer for me... Another big changer for me was the, like, my drive. Like, I became a little bit more driven. Like, I have to be better. I have to do more. I have to, like, be very, like, I was very self-reliant, but now even more so because it's, like, I have to leave something for my son. I need to make sure that he's okay. Mm-hmm. You know? And that was, like, a big, and it wasn't a wake-up call. It was just kind of, like, a fire under my ass to do more. Yeah. When before, I was, like, I'm tired. I do a lot and now it's like I don't do enough <laughs> yep yeah one so I experienced that as a new mom like as an empty nest mom my change is like shifting from like 
that shift of like planning every detail of her existence yeah. to like relinquishing that control back to her has been a bit of an adjustment like i've always been responsible for her well-being her safety like making sure that her life is like in order and mapped out yeah. and not having to like down to like birthday parties everything like i would you know moving to college we've talked about it like what a fiasco that was and how many to-do lists we had moving her to college but like a to-do list and that plan it's always been part of like my my identity like i have to plan every minute and not having to do that now and letting her drive has been an adjustment because it's like you're not doing it the way i would do it are you sure you're doing it right and just being like having to kind of like have the faith in her is also an adjustment um it's a like and it's also maybe it's psychological maybe it's not healthy but it was like man like it's scary yeah letting her take control of her own life and letting her do her thing it's been um it's been rough not it's been one very rewarding and very awesome to see the fruits of our labor and all of like the effort that we've made into her and see like what a remarkable little person not little person she's like a young adult but like seeing that kind of come into fruition has been amazing but also kind of like scary have you seen her pick up those habits like those to-do lists and all the stuff that you would do yeah but she's always been next level at time management because we guess we had her scheduled or over scheduled because we're those parents but she's she's she could teach a class in time management so she's always been very good about it and like those small things making she's not great at the detail yeah she like things fall to the ground because she's a kid so those are like I have to like those are things that Ryan and I look and we're like you should have made a to-do list or you messed up like you know what I mean yeah. and we're and we but still like I can't do it for her I have to sit back and just yeah. like bite my tongue or just sit with my fury <laughs> as things don't come like about yeah but like that kind of release of control has been it was a little um uh it threw me off kilter yeah so fun fact for listeners and our viewers, uh, her husband's name is Ryan. My son's name is Ryan. So you're hearing her Ryan thrown out a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll say Ryan and baby Ryan. Yeah, we'll say baby Ryan. Ryan is <laughs> like a baby sometimes. But. but no, I could see how that, like, especially, like I always, now I think about that a lot and I'm like, well, I've done my job if my kid can be okay on his own you know like i don't care what he does as long as he's happy but if he can sustain himself and be productive and self-reliant and not have to like depend on anybody or crumble when he's in a hard situation i know i've done my job so i always think about like what are the things that i want to instill in him how can i best do that you know how can i do it without having him feel that it's forceful or it's like me imposing anything on him it's hard it's a balancing act you yeah. never like it's one of those things that it's like dealing with change is something that we have to teach our kids to do like that yeah. grit element of just being able to like be adaptive in situations and it's like as you become a parent there's nothing changes your life more than that right yeah um and the way that we deal with it and the way that we like approach situations they pick up on those cues so much because they everything that we do they mimic somehow or they learn how to react to the world based on our reactions and it's you know like when we're trying to do things like one of the things that we tell ourselves or we try to instill in everybody is you don't have to be anything you just have to be the best version of yourself yeah but what does that look like and how hard is it to get there 
especially when things are changing so rapidly and you have no control and you don't know what the next step is going to be it's difficult and kind of having and then you having to manage that while still being an example for your little person is like an insurmountable task sometimes it feels it's the hardest job ever yeah one thousand percent yeah and then like the craziest thing happened which i we've spoken about this like as soon as he was born i started thinking about death a lot more (laughs) (laughs) we just had this conversation actually (laughs) and it's like that constant fear of like if i die tomorrow what's gonna happen to him who's gonna take care of him will he be okay yeah and that, like, dealing with that has been, like, rough. Even with us now, like, the, I still have those moments of, like, neuroses and panic. Yeah. So in that same vein, um, that same kind of trauma, like, when she, we were at a theme park, just Ryan and I, we were having, you know, one-on-one trip, romantic trip, just fun, just disconnecting us, yeah. too. And I went to get on a roller coaster, the Hulk. <laughs> Sorry, Universal. And I'm getting on the hook. I'm about to get on the hook. And I'm like, I was scared. Because, you know, it does flips. And it's super loud. And it's a little bit crazy. So it's a little intimidating on its own for a roller coaster. But then I'm trying to get on it, right? I'm sitting in the ride. And all of a sudden, I'm like, if you die tomorrow. If you die today right now because you have a heart attack. Because you're so scared on this ride. Who's going to raise your kid? And I'm like, (gasps) Which is super rational. Because you're not going to have a heart attack at 20-something. Yeah, I'm like, I was 27. And I was like, oh, i got to get off this ride right now. And Ryan was like, really? And I'm like, I'm exiting immediately. And I was like, you got to let me out. And they let me off the ride. But yeah, I was like, freaking out. I was like, babe, I'm really sorry. But he's like, I got it. Yeah. he's like mm, that's a good point and right you know <laughs> so i'm like kind of like the the neurosis is catching too like it's seeping into ryan big ryan a baby ryan as well you know yeah but yeah that's so funny i love that because so my husband's name is robert sometimes we'll be like sure babe yeah okay whatever you say yeah. <laughs> so we had actually written down like some of like coping mechanisms or some tips that we can give people so we had reading Going on trips, exploring the city, taking up hobbies. Um, instead of acknowledging the hard work you've put in after completing a task, you might criticize yourself for small mistakes, feel ashamed. Oh, we didn't even go into that. No, I think it's the other page. Yeah, I just went through. So maybe because we didn't go to the third one. Let's go. Let's finish like the third thing that changed. Well, the third thing for me was the whole death. Oh yeah. Same. <laughs> okay. Well, for me, my like. The, one of the things, the big things that I felt like when she left to college was um, a loss of my identity. Mm. So for so long, I mean, most of my life, you know, I didn't have her super young, but I didn't. I was a kid when I had her, technically. Yeah. And I've never been an adult without being her mother, right? So not having to be that, that full thing for her, having to be like super mom all the time, it was like intrinsic into everything I did. Like... My focus was first being a mom and being good at everything else, you know, doing my job well so that I could support her and take care of her. If I did my job well, I could support and take care of her. So my focus was the mechanism to take care of her and then being her mother. Her going to college is like, okay, oh, I'm a person again. I'm a wife. I'm a a daughter. I'm a sister. I'm a best friend. I'm all of these things in addition to being her mom. So that kind of part of me is like, it's not my main identity. It's just one facet of it. Yeah. I was like, okay. So now that rediscovery of who I am, like as an individual, as like a woman, um, as a professional, as like a wife, as a 
everything without that kind of like taint over it not taint but like that kind of lens yeah um was hard to adapt to and hard to figure out you know what i mean like who am i with like aside from being just tay tay's mom you know but that's hard because i struggled with that too and i don't know what happens like if it's chemical if it's biological like i don't know but as soon as he was born it was like okay i'm ryan's baby ryan's mom and that's it like forget about being a wife forget about being like a daughter forget about being anything like everything took second still takes second seat and my husband actually yesterday was like you know i would come home and the first thing you would do is like give me a hug and give me a kiss you know and now it's like did you say hi to the baby (laughs) everything is surrounding baby ryan and i feel like everything else has taken a back seat and that and that's I'm catching myself and I'm really trying not to make that permanent because I could see how that affects your relationships. Yeah. And it does, it impacts it. And like, yeah. But like, you know, when my daughter started getting really heavy into activities and doing a lot of stuff after school and on weekends and whatever else, like the rest of my relationships took a backseat to whatever she was doing. And my sisters would call it out. You know, my, you know, we would do things and we would skip plans or we would miss things or, you know, in the middle of my best friend's baby shower. I was dressed in jeans and a t-shirt because my daughter had a recital, for example. Yeah. Because my daughter's activities came first. We would miss events, family events, things like that. Um, so, and it, and I felt like as we've transitioned from, like, that to now, like, my job. And now I'm, like, I put my job first now a lot more. So I find something else to focus on that takes yeah. away, like, the focus from my relationship. So I don't know if it's weird or whatever, and we'll delve into that in a separate episode. But it was just something that I've noticed a lot more of, yeah. like, in this kind of transition, you know? So with that, that's where these these tips came in. Yeah. So do you want to give something that you've started doing that kind of has helped you? Yeah, I think one of the things that we like one of the main things that I took on to myself was like rededicating myself to like my job allowing myself to focus more on that and to kind of Mm -hmm. give myself more to my team I've always done that you know we've known each other a long time I've always given it my all but kind of rededicate myself to that um focus on teaching myself things learning new things Mm -hmm. reading more and then spending time with my husband just us kind of like focusing on our situation and just our bond um has kind of like not helped but it's just been like what i've been focusing on now to kind of like acknowledge that there's other things and my life is multifaceted not just with one kind of focus one thing yeah yeah with me too like i i'm focused a lot more on like what's my purpose like what's my purpose in life what's my purpose with my son, with my family, like how am I contributing to their life yeah. and making it rich, richer? And then, well, I've shared with you multiple times. Um, I'm reading this book called um, The Desire Map, yeah. which helps you kind of map out like what drives you, what your passions are, and then how that can help strengthen everything else in yeah. your life. And that was something that I really had to sit down and think like, you know, if I don't start focusing on me and make sure everything's okay, here then i can't really focus and and help anything else you know um so another tidbit that we had here was items that we have now that you didn't necessarily have before which i think is super funny (laughs) i love that so we had put the pampers which 
I didn't realize that they didn't always come with the pee line, which I think is phenomenal. I just have to look to see if it's yellow. He didn't pee. If it's blue, <laughs> it means he needs a diaper change. No, no, no. And it like and, and it or the diaper was like falling apart or like there was like this brand of diapers I don't even recall it like had these like little crystal things they were like these little gel balls and when the diaper was super full you would see it come apart and it was disgusting oh my gosh yeah no, so what would you that. do just stick your finger in there to see if it was what no no you because it's full you see it it's heavy it's like a little it's like no longer wrinkled but more like you know like solid bulbous <laughs> yeah yeah so I would take it out. Yeah, and then when she got a little bit older, she was like, she was, she'll be like, I peed. Handle it, mom. So, fun fact, I was looking at, um, because, uh, you know, I'm always reading, like, random stuff. Yeah. So, I was looking at, like, this, a comparison of, like, 1930s, 1940s, and now. And at one point, parents, when babies were, like, babies, months, they would look at them wait to see when they started peeing or started pooping grab them and run to the toilet and then have them finish their business there and it was just a habit where you would always have to pay attention and then run right Mm. and then some psychologist came in and was like that's harmful and traumatizing for the child and that's where like uh soft parenting came in to play and then that's where people started using more pampers so kids were actually potty trained by the time they were six months and that was late in the game. By like the fourth month, they were already quite trained in most instances. Which I can't imagine having the time to just stare at baby Ryan and say, are you gonna pee? Are you gonna poop? Let me carry yeah. you and drag you to the bathroom. Yeah, but like, I mean, back then like the focus was a little bit different and we didn't have to multitask as much as we do now, you know? Because yeah. you are a working mom and you do work a lot. So it's like different and you know, most at that time period, most of them, most women yeah. stayed home, yeah, and were able to kind of, or if you didn't stay home, you had some offspring or some relative that would be able to help you with that. Yeah. So, but you, you're a jack of all trades and you do a million things, so that's, we're going to rely on diapers <laughs> <laughs> to get us through. And then, um, like, rocking bassinets. So, in the baby shower, someone gave me this really cool bassinet where you put the setting and if he cries, it starts rocking him. And then you have different features where it'll put like classical music, white noise, the other ones like birds chirping. Um, and then you have different degrees of the rocking. Yeah. I love it. What? But then I just finished telling you, I don't think that he knows how to self-soothe because that thing soothes him. Yeah. He doesn't have to, you know, worry. Like he just goes, ee! And yeah. <laughs> the bassinet starts moving. Well, we had... So when I had Taylor, like, I didn't... We bought a bassinet because it was, like, well, it's inconvenient to take her to the crib. Yeah. So I bought a bassinet to be by the bed. And that bassinet, we rode that puppy for, like, until she was probably, like, six months. She was a big baby, Taylor. <laughs> so... And well, she's we used tall. To, she's tall. And we used to have to roll her and my aunt and my cousin. And I, when we were putting her to sleep, it would be, like, rocking <laughs> the bassinet, rolling it back and forth. Go to sleep, bro. Go to sleep. Um, when she was tiny, you know what I mean? Because we didn't have any of those things. I didn't yeah. have a little thing that like blew back and forth. Maybe they existed, but I don't didn't have one. I had one that would go front and back, and that's it. And it was like a death trap. I think there was like it was like a, there was a recall oh for it. No, no, we're to get this. My sister's friend actually gave it to me, and I was like, wait, well, no, this isn't a thing. Um, but my sister, when she had her baby about six years after Taylor did have we called it the miracle swing 
Because it was like, it would hang like on this thing and it would move like in circles and sideways and front and back and all of these things. And the baby would just yeah. chill in there calm. I was like, man, that's cool. I wish I would have had that. I've seen that and I've been tempted to buy it. But then because it's hanging, like all these thoughts pop into my head and I'm like, what if he falls? What if this lodges? Yeah. He's going to break his neck. He's going to break <laughs> his little foot. And all that goes out the window. I'm like, no, I'm okay. I'll stick to the bassinet. <laughs> You know what else is new that we didn't talk about? <laughs> when the baby Ryan was born, how many times you had to oh go to the hospital? <laughs> now I laugh totally rational. I know. I'm blaming it on the hormones. No, but I get it. I think every mom listening to this understands that moment where it's like, oh, the baby sneezed. It has COVID. Yeah. You gotta run to the emergency room. I did it too. Okay, so let's count. One was the baby acne that I thought he had a rash, a full <laughs> To my defense, the baby, like, the acne was in his chest. So I'm like, okay, he's allergic to something. Let me go. I was the first one at the doctor's office. At least you went to the doctor's office. Yes, I didn't go to the ER that time. Yeah. Uh, the, um, he had eye boogers. So again, I thought he was getting sick. So I took him and then they explained to me that their ducts get clogged and you have to massage them. How am I supposed to know that? <laughs> Google, but it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Um, oh, and then he had the bump on the mm-hmm. back of his head. Yeah. There I did take him to the ER. And I made them take an ultrasound. Like, I created this huge ordeal. And they were like, mom. And then they explained to me that his skull, baby skulls, are like, um, kind of like on top of each other. And then as they grow, it starts expanding, and then it lines up and it hardens. I didn't know. So apparently, he now had you know. more <laughs> skull built up on the side. So new moms, expecting moms. <laughs> Don't run to the ER when there's a small bump. Yeah. Wait until the appointment with your doctor. Don't panic. No, and then the other serious stuff were, like, actually his milk allergy. Yeah, yeah. So it was, like, the, the poop in his blood, which freaked me out. I thought he was dying. <laughs> the phlegm in his, in yeah. his poop so those those, like, those are, are scary those, those are, are scary, scary moments no yeah and it's again adapting to this little person that's like man could you just be cooperative once that's another thing you gotta do you have to adapt yeah you have to be adaptive with the babies and yeah? let's see so how can you be more ad- adaptive so Eric and I spent like 20 minutes trying to <laughs> So we had put, change will always be present. You have to learn to expect it. Absolutely true. Get over the fear of it. And all of that flexibility plays a big, plays the biggest role. And that's super true. Like, I've had to learn to be super flexible. Like, you and I are both a personality. So, like, very rigid, very planned out, yeah. very organized. So flexibility has definitely been the biggest learning lesson. Yeah. And I think also... Um, what has up to me sometimes because you know like and in, in, in general change is hard and there's like a lot of like you know as we age so do our parents things change and there's a lot mm-hmm. of like personal things that we've been dealing with as well with our parents and it's just like every time something comes up every time that something is different it's like acknowledge like okay it's different not putting any label on it and just letting yeah. it be and then just saying okay like whatever it is i've done this already i've done hard stuff i've dealt with something similar and i've overcome it and i was successful at it yeah and it's a little scary because it's always scary but if we focus on that fear 
of like uncertainty and that doubt in our abilities, then it becomes insurmountable. But if we sit there and we're like, mm, if you analyze it and pick it up and you're like, okay, well, I've already done this. I can do hard things. So I'll be fine doing this. Then it'll be okay. Like public speaking at work. Yeah. You know, like I'm not a fan of it. I'm not a fan of this either, but we're doing it. Right. But it's, giving yourself like that grace of like well i've already presented once i've already pitched i've already done this hard thing it's you know whatever it is you know giving yourself acknowledging your abilities and your accomplishments and all of the things that you overcome makes the change a little less scary yeah one thousand percent well cheers to that Cheers to being more adaptive. We hope that you are more adaptive in your life, more flexible, and that things flow, whether you're an empty nester or a new mom. We hope to see you here next time. Bye. One more time. One more time.